Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to SwissCast. I am your host, Suhaib Webb. Great to have you here praying that each and every one of you is safe, sound, uh, and that this fourth wave of COVID is not creating too much difficulty for you and yours. Uh, ya Rabbal Alameen. Coupled with that, of course, is that the holiday season brings with it myself as someone who embraced Islam a lot of challenges. Um, and oftentimes, you know, you find Muslims kind of just shelter in, you know. Whereas what we should do is educate ourselves and prepare ourselves for the holiday season so that we can answer questions. Because if we're not prepared to answer questions, people will come to us with questions. It's always been my experience. I remember years ago, man, years ago, this is like in the mid-90s, I was uh, at a conference in Missouri in the middle of nowhere. And they told me, can you go to the airport and pick up Imam Siraj Wahaj? So I went, it was pouring down snow, man. And I was like, you know, going to see Imam Siraj Wahaj, you know, mashallah. And uh, I picked him up and as we drove back, we stopped at the store, got some coffee and whatnot. And then as we left, the guy said to me, happy holidays. And I just left, I didn't say anything back to him. And Imam Siraj, he said, what did you say to him? I said, I didn't say anything, right? Just cut and run, so to speak. And he was like, Brother Swahib, that's a dawah moment. That is an opportunity to spread the light of Islam. I'll never forget this, right? So this is an opportunity for you to put yourself in a position to answer that question. You can say, I don't celebrate the holidays. And of course, the next question is why? And then you're able to kind of create an opportunity to spread the light of Al-Islam, mashallah. So oftentimes our insecurities Inadvertently, we become agents of shaitan and enemies of the dawah because of our insecurities. And the best way to overcome that is, of course, learning and gaining that confidence and then having a strong supporting cast. So today's uh, uh, podcast, if you will, is going to address a pattern that I noticed, some questions that were sent my way. And that is that missionaries are using certain Quranic descriptions of Jesus Isa alayhi salatu salam to confuse Muslims. For those of you who are not Muslim, may surprise you that we believe in Jesus as a prophet, not as a deity, not as the son of the divine or anything like that. We just believe he was a man, he was a prophet. I think you can look in your book, Acts 2.22, you see that's how he's described as a man and a messenger, if I, believe, if I remember correctly. Um, and I remember myself, you know, when I began to look into uh, Islam, opened up a copy of the Quran and found that the 19th chapter is named after Jesus' mom. And I was just like floored, like, oh man, they actually believe in Jesus. Well, that makes it a little bit more easier, you know. So it's interesting, right, that Muslims would be impacted by the interpretation of those who reject their faith of their faith. Muslims would be impacted by the interpretation of those who reject the Muslim's book, the interpretation they have of their book. That tells you, man, that's rough, man. And we find, you know, in the 18th chapter of the Quran, verse number 22, Allah says, you should not turn to them for religious guidance. Imam Al-Qurtubi, one of the great scholars from Spain who, you know, ends up dying in Alexandria, Egypt, you know, he says that this is a proof that Muslims should not be using the people who reject Islam, the disbelievers, as sources of interpretation of Islam. I mean, really? It's kind of, kind of, kind of, 
incredible. I remember uh, about a year ago, I was sharing the panel with somebody who says they love the Prophet that they are infatuated with the Messenger of Allah, they see no other human being as great as Muhammad, but they don't believe in the Prophet They believe in, I said to the person like, if the Prophet is this great, why haven't you accepted him as, as a Prophet? And you know, crickets. Uh, so we should not be bamboozled by people, man. Allyship is one thing, we can be allies, but the right of interpretation of religion, whether it's Christians or Muslims, whoever, right? We should respect the fact that they have their own scholarship, their own system, their own belief, and we can engage it, but we shouldn't be stepping in as authoritative, right? Interpreters of other people's faith and religion. Uh, you know, I'm not about that, but specifically for us as Muslims, man, that's just rough, bro. So we're gonna talk about two words. The first word is kalimatuhu, found in Surah Nisa, the fourth chapter of the Quran, verse 171, also in a few other places, meaning, you know, Allah's word. In the context of Jesus, he's called Allah's word. And, and those of you who are Christian, you can, you can share with Muslims around you, right? That's something very important to Christian theology, that Jesus is the word of God. We, we differ on this idea of what the word of God means theologically. And I think this is a very important state that oftentimes interfaith partners are not truthful and honest. And, that, and that, that kind of undermines the whole purpose of working for faith because working for faith is about being honest and truthful. And I, I can say that the, the efforts that I've ever been involved in, um, and I, I, you know, between cooperation with other religious communities have always been those where we admit and talk about our differences, not try to create a fake veneer Right? That we're all the same. We're not all the same. We have different ideas. We have different concepts and beliefs, and that's okay. But let's learn to talk about them in a way that's truthful and honest uh, and invested. So the idea of Jesus being the word of God is something within the Christian tradition that is extremely important, albeit that interpretation runs diametrically. It's in absolute opposition to what we believe as Muslims. So oftentimes Christians will use this when they say, oh, Allah's word, and then they begin to project their own faith into it or their own philosophy into it, the missionary. And what's interesting is that if these people actually read the entire verse and didn't just pick and choose, you'll see why this is really messed up. You know, so you go to verse 171 of the fourth chapter, Allah says, Ya ahl al-kitab, O people of the book, here meaning Jews and Christians, la taghlu fi dinikum, don't be extreme in your religion. Wala taqulu ala Allahi illa al-haq, and do not speak about God except the truth. Now here's the context of everything, because as Muslims we see the extremism of the Christians is, is that they've taken Jesus as a deity, the extremism of the Jewish community and their theology is that they've rejected Jesus. So in the middle, you find Muslims who believe and affirm the prophecy of Jesus, but deny his divinity. So that's why we find ourselves, you know, as Allah says, ummatan wasata, right in the middle. But the context of the discussion is, that indeed Jesus is only a messenger of, uh, of Allah, Allah's word that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent to Maryam, alayhi salam, we believe in Maryam as Muslims as well, and a spirit from him, from God. And in these two words, kalimatullah or kalimatuhu, 
God's word, and ruh, spirit, min from God, are where we find sometimes certain aggressive evangelicals and missionaries trying to work on Muslims. So we're going to talk about these two words briefly. The first is Allah's word. We find this usage in a few places in the Quran, specifically now we're talking about the fourth chapter, verse 171, approved, and I can't stress how important that, 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 that condition is, approved commentators of the Quran noted that Jesus, Isa is Allah's word because the word here means command. And Muslims will immediately know exactly what I'm talking about. The karima of Allah. Right here is talking about amrullah. Right? The command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His decree. Uh, he is such, Isa, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded his existence without a father. And we also know that his mother's pregnancy happened immediately. Like it wasn't like a nine month pregnancy, as people sometimes assume. So Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu salam, his immediate creation is brought about by kun fayakun, the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is called the kalima. So that's why Imam Ibn Juzay, he writes, a command with no intermediaries, a without a father. Imam Razi notes that, that commenting uh, on this, he says that the command of Jesus' existence was like that of Adam, alayhi salatu salam. And that's why you find in the 59th verse of the third chapter of the Quran, the Quran says, indeed, the example of Jesus to Allah is like that of Adam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah created him from dust, Adam, and said, be, and he was the karima. So the karima here means that he was created, Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu salam, without a father, but by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam uh, al-Nasafi, whose tafsir is, mashallah, he notes that a, a group of Islamic scholars in ancient times ask a group of Christians, like, why do you worship Jesus? And they responded, because he had no father. They replied, then you should worship Adam because he had no father or mother. Now, there's also something else happening in, in this word, as well as not in the Quran, but there are hadith where the word ruh is used in the same way as karimatuhu. And this is called idafa. It's a form of possession to show ownership. Uh, scholars of the Arabic language, you know, describe constructions like Allah's word as idafa. Allah's spirit, idafa. Idafa means an addition. But here the idea is annexation or to show ownership or to, to cause an, an implied meaning, which we're going to talk about in a second, which is usually figurative. So the relationship, what's called the munasaba, between the two words can be literal or figurative, as I said earlier, right? Majaz or haqiqah. And in the case of the phrase Allah's word, this is a figurative usage to show honor. What's called idafatu tashrif. An example of this is what do we call mosques? In, in our tradition, we call them Baytullah, the house of Allah. Our mosque, literally the house of Allah? Like literally? Or is that a, a metaphoric use to show that this is a sacred place? It's a place that should be honored. 
It's a place that has, you know, a certain type of, 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 of beauty and, and religious uh, attachment. So, Karimatullah, right? Allah's word is called Idafatu Tashrif. Um, and this also is why, you know, perhaps Christians have confused the issue of Son of God. And I'll pose this to them as a question, not as trying to be an interpreter of, of their tradition. Uh, but perhaps, you know, because Son of God is mudaf, mudafun ilayhi, it is idafa in a semantic language, right? Arabic is one of the great semantic languages. And, you know, perhaps the understanding that it is literal is wrong, that in fact it is figurative. And, and, and something to think about is that the Bible does use Son of God in 31, around 31 verses as an honorific would be our argument for people, tribes, and at times Jesus. So the word Son of God is not specifically used for Jesus in the Bible. We find it used for tribes, we find it used for people, and, and at times for Jesus. So like Genesis 6, uh, verses 2 through 7, Psalms 2 through 7, and Job 1 through 6. If you go look there, you're going to see that this confusion around Jesus being the Son of God perhaps is because people are interpreting it literally instead of figuratively as it is used in the Bible. And this also exposes the confusion of these people because on one hand, they're interpreting certain texts metaphorically, but then when it comes to Jesus, they're saying, no, he's literally like the son of God. Just something to think about here. The second word uh, that we want to talk about is ruh, spirit. Allah says, min, that Jesus is a spirit from God. That's not a good translation. I'm just using that translation now to show you kind of how people use it. Uh, to create confusion. And we find this usage in a few verses. Again, our focus is chapter 4, verse 171. Uh, some missionaries state that the word min, waruhun min, means ibtida, means that Jesus, is from God, meaning he's part of God, right? That now the idea of the, the division of the Godhood into three different components. But again, Keep reading the verse, I don't say Trinity, it becomes very clear. So what they're saying is that it means from, thus Jesus is literally from God, implying a division of the deity. All right? This is not really new, by the way. During the reign of Harun Rashid, there was a Christian quarter uh, who began to argue with others. And I think it's very interesting when people say that Muslims are intolerant, we have this intolerant. Well, here's one of the quarters of Harun Rashid in the Abbasi Empire arguing uh, his understanding of the Quran and people just argued back with him. It was like normal. And his, his argument with that was that وَرُوحُ min implies that Jesus is part of the divinity. And subhanAllah, Ali ibn al-Hussein ibn Waqid, he was there. He was, mashallah, a very respected person and uh, known scholar. He shut it down quick, man. And what he did is he quoted another verse of Qur'an, and, and, and this is very important, right, for Muslims as well, that oftentimes people ask me questions who are Muslims, if they just had a, a, a regular engagement with the Qur'an, they would find the answers there, right? The Qur'an is there for that reason. 
So uh, Ali ibn al Hussein uh, ibn Waqid, he began to discuss with this person. And then he quoted, subhanAllah, you know, um, the Quran, uh, Surah Al Jathia, right? Uh, chapter 45, verse 13. Where Allah says, وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا مِّنْهِ Where Allah SWT says that He has subjugated for you, for human beings, everything in the heavens and the earth, all of it, min, from Him. The same word, min. So, Ali ibn al-Husayn ibn Waqid, he said to this Christian, so does that mean all of us are from God? Like the, every single one of us, minhu, everything in the heavens and the earth is minhu. So immediately what he showed him is that the word min, and this is noted by Imam Ibn Hisham in his book, Muqni al-Labib, has different meanings. So his response provides an important lesson. If instead of picking and choosing what suits their whims, these missionaries read the entire Quran, their questions would be answered. And if Muslims, more importantly, had a familiarity with the Qur'an, they would not find themselves in this pickle, man. So again, to use verse, you know, 171 from the fourth chapter, and to say, a spirit from Allah. Right? If they had keep reading it, they would see, don't say Trinity, leave it, it is better for you, and so on and so forth. So that verse itself answers their concern. They would not even have to read the whole Qur'an. This is also further clarified by accepted scholars, mainstream scholars of the Qur'an, Ibn Juzay writes that the word min does not mean from, but by Allah's command. That is a better translation. وَرُوحٌ min. He is a spirit by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning Jesus' spirit came into existence by his command, not as a part of God. Imam Anasafi says something also really beautiful. He says that Jesus is called a ruh, the spirit, because he brought life to hearts, just like the Quran. The Quran also calls the word, the, the, the Quran is called by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ruh. Right? Why? Because the job of the Quran is to bring life to dead hearts. SubhanAllah. Now, there are other hadith also uh, which are authentic. You know, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, وَرُوحَ Right, that Sayyidina Isa is the spirit of God. Um, he says, وَرُوحُ اللَّهِ Right, God's spirit uh, as an honorific title. How do we again explain this? The idea here is إِضَافَةُ tashrif That we talked about earlier, an honorific, which implies the status that is afforded to him. Uh, as being the outcome of Allah's immediate decree. He was, it was decreed and he was there, bam, created, born, ready to go by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that takes us to an important hadith that some missionaries use uh, to claim the divinity of Jesus. Uh, Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu salam, this hadith is related by Imam al-Bukhari, who says no person is born but that he is pricked by Satan and he cries from the touch of Satan, except for the son of Mary and his mother. So people use this narration, missionaries to say, see, every human being except Satan Isa is going to experience this, so this is a proof of divinity, again. Um, but in fact, that's not what it proves. It actually proves the importance of 
parents and grandparents and relatives supplications for children and for those children's future. And that's why Abu Hurairah, when he would narrate this hadith in Bukhari, he would say, then read the verse, in the third chapter of the Quran, he would say, indeed, quoting Esau's grandmother, as saying, verily, I seek refuge for her, for Maryam and her offspring from the curse Satan. So what this hadith is talking about is the power of dua, and specifically the power of our grandparents and grandmothers and relatives praying for us. What we don't take from this hadith is anything to do with Jesus' divinity. The Quran makes it clear that some prophets are going to be blessed with certain blessings that others weren't. You know, these are the messengers, some we have favored over others. Right? Some of them we fa favored over others. So the Quran talks about what's called fadail, those blessings that Allah has specifically gave to the prophets. And some of them, their blessings are different than others. Some of them are unique. Some of them will have blessings which others don't. The Prophet said, One of the blessings of Sayyidina Muhammad was that the entire earth is pure and we can pray on it wherever we are. And, and, and to further kind of uh, animate this, you find the authentic hadith related by Imam Ahmed in his Musnad that says, No human being is free from mistakes or thoughts of making mistakes except Yahya, John the Baptist. So, subhanAllah, yani, we find these different kind of narrations. It doesn't imply that someone is divine. In fact, the lesson should not be to worship the recipient of blessings, but the one who sent the blessings to them. Uh, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. And that's why Imam Sayyidina Imam Shafi'i used to say, no person while obeying Allah thought of sin except Yahya. Right? So everyone else thought about sinning except Sayyidina Yahya. Alayhi salam, John the Baptist. Does that mean John the Baptist is divine? Of course not. It means he's blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is also proved by the long, long, long hadith of intercession. Um, Al-Bukhari relates that people will flock to Jesus after they've gone to all the other prophets. Finally, they will come to Jesus, peace be upon him, begging him to intervene on behalf of them, and he will refuse. And then he will command them to go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this hadith proves that the Prophet ﷺ has the fadl of, of shafa'ah, of intercession by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that Sayyidina Isa recognized that the maqam of Sayyidina Muhammad is higher, subhanAllah. So these hadith and others illustrate that specific blessings uh, are unique to prophets as well as to people. But here we're talking about prophets given to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't worship them, but we worship the source of those blessings. So quickly, let's recap as we finish. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. We talked about this phenomena. You should not be swayed by people who don't believe in your religion, man. That's what they're trying to do, right? And you want to have your own familiarity with religious literacy. So for that reason, I encourage you, sign up to my school, man. Go to suwahibweb.com. We have an app now. We have courses that you can follow at your own pace that are on demand. We have live classes. We have a very important uh, spring semester starting Quran for teens from all over the world. Alhamdulillah. And I encourage you to sign up, man. Get that basic, basic functional religious literacy. Uh, that's going to help you. Uh, we're starting in January, inshallah that, the, inshallah, that course for teens every Sunday, alhamdulillah, from around 11 a.m. Central Time to 12 
p.m. Central Time on Sundays from the 2nd, uh, what is it, 9th of January to the 27th of February, inshallah. So let's talk about what we discussed today, this phenomena of being rocked by people who shouldn't rock us. And we talked about the words, uh, specifically karimatuhu, right? Allah's word, God's word, and how this is called idafatu tashrif. And karima means amr, the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as noted by the language as well as mashallah are approved and authenticated scholars we talked about the idea of annexation or idafa possession and how perhaps in their understanding of the bible they have literally interpreted the son of god where it's a metaphor for honor and respect as we find actually in the hebrew language uh, but I'll, I'll leave that to to their their scholars and we gave examples in the bible i think 31 verses where you find that used so again, they are projecting their own ideas onto our text, which is, is not good, man. The second word that we talked about is ruhun, min, right? That he is a spirit from God. Doesn't mean that he is a spirit from God in that way, but his, his spirit was commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by God. So just like karimatuhu amrullah, that that spirit came into being by Allah's command without a father. SubhanAllah. And then we mentioned a few hadith, I think three of them. Uh, again, the idea of idafatu tashrif, right? This honorific uh, given as a title to Sayyidina Isa. And then finally, we talked about this hadith, which is related by Imam al Bukhari, radiallahu uh, anhu, and others. You know, that the, the, the Prophet uh, said, no person is born except that he is pricked by shaitan and he cries from the touch of Satan except for the son of Mary and his mother. So again, you see his mother and him. So his mother is not divine. So then why would you use this to say that he's divine? Once again, you see the problematic kind of confusion in the interpretation because they're not using our usul, right? They're not using our system of interpretation. So it's going to lead to confusion and chaos. We ask Allah to bless us and help us to speak articulately about these issues in, in an informed way. Uh, ask Allah to increase us in khair. Uh, ask Allah to protect you and to protect your families. Thank you for listening to SwissCast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.